Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Film Club Podcast, where every week, me and Boo take turns bringing a new movie to the table. Some are good, some are bad, but we always have fun at the Film Club. Miss Boo, how are you? I'm doing good today, Dean. How are you doing? I'm doing just fine, and today, we're going to be taking a little new, a little bit of a new approach to the podcast. Am I correct? Yes, that is what you informed me of. Yes, yes, because, uh... I think trying to do a structured conversation of this movie is probably not going to work. Oh, no. No way, absolutely. No. Um, Boo, why don't you tell people what we're watching today? Well, I'm going to remind everybody that we're continuing with our Tributes Comedy Month, so mm-hmm. it's comedies all month long, and this is a Dean pick today, so I think you should tell everybody what we're listening to today. Oh, we're going to be talking about Monty Python and the Holy Grail, ah. one of the... One of the funniest movies I've ever seen. This movie oh, yeah. is great. Uh, actually, Boo, so I was under the assumption you'd never seen Monty Python before. Yeah, I, which was weird. Well, it, I think it's just a thing, right? Because I feel like Monty Python is like the comedy group that only like n- nerds know about. Have we not met before? Yeah, it's true, but you're not, you don't come off as nerdy, right? No, I'd be a more cooler nerd. Ah, those exist, totally. Yeah. Yeah, totally. But yeah, so... I haven't seen this in a long time. I think I was telling you that before the podcast. Like, I haven't seen this since middle school. And for the life of me, I don't know why I haven't rewatched it since, like, middle school. Because you've been watching really boring, pretentious movies since then. What do you mean? So it's taken you all this time to circle back to, you know, a classic. And this is a classic. Oh, definitely. Oh, yeah. So, why don't we just talk a little bit about the people involved. The Pythons. Monty Python and the Flying Circus. Monty himself. Monty himself. So, the the Monty Python, they're that, you know, British group, comedy Mm -hmm. people. And they basically were, like, the biggest British comedy product of, like, the last 40 years, right? Yeah. Okay. There's nothing bigger than Monty Python. Really? Yeah, from, you know, from British comedy that I could think of. I I guess that's true. It is interesting that this exported, like, really well. Yeah. Yeah, because I know, because the only other, like, super British, like, comedy thing I can think of is, like, Benny Hill. Benny Hill, um, I mean, I always want to kick it back to Simon Pegg. (laughs) Oh, oh, the the Edgar Wright crew? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, like, to start with. It has to be the Monty Python gang, right? Because they've been around since the late 60s, early 70s? I think so. I think they started in, like, 68, Eight? 69, I think. Yeah. Um, I mean, God, when I think about it, like, all, all the guys who were in Monty Python now, they're, like, they gotta all be in, like, their 60s, right? 60s yeah. or 70s? Somewhere around there. Yeah, because I know that, I think Terry Gilliam is, like, get in his 60s, and he's the American Python, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Huh. And also, Terry Gilliam's in this. I love Terry Gilliam. Oh, I know. Time Bandits is a great movie. You should watch Time Bandits. No, I'm good. Why don't you like Time Bandits? Because I don't have about eight, nine hours to spare watching one movie. Oh, God. So so that's the, the in-joke for everybody out there. My, my family is under the assumption that Time Bandits is, like, eternally long. Like, you know, me and my brother started watching it when we were five, and it just finished, like, two days ago. It's a, you know, it's not that long of a movie. I enjoy it. I thought your dad was still watching it. He, he is. My dad loves that movie. 
But my dad also likes a lot of really long and weird movies. But don't worry about it. I think that's where you get it from. Quite possibly. Quite possibly. And I'm really mad that my dad didn't introduce me to Monty Python stuff. Now that I'm like... Now that I've like refreshed my memory on on the Holy Grail. Because I said, you know, I only watched it in middle school, right? And yeah. I think in middle school I only watched it once. Mm-hmm. And I... Again, I don't know why. Am I, do you think this is one of those things where the the humor just has to like grow on you or it's got to hit hit just right no i think this could you know work for all age ranges because there's a lot of physical humor Mm -hmm. there's a lot of quick wit so you know yeah you being in middle school it makes sense that you know you would find this appealing because you know tis but a flesh wound tis but a flesh how you know and he doesn't go down you know without a fight how is that not funny no it is funny but i'm like but that's the thing like I just haven't seen it since then. And I I think I owned the movie. I thought I did. Yeah, but, but you're yeah. a guy that you watch a lot of movies, so mm-hmm. it kind of makes sense. I think, you know, maybe it's a thing where you had it on your mind, but something else, you know, came into the forefront where, oh, I just bought this new stack of DVDs. Let me burn through these first. Yeah, And it's taken right. you this time, this amount of time to come back to it as an adult. It's true. This is kind of interesting because this feels like a movie that, you know, you know, it's Indiana Jones going back and he's discovering a lost artifact. Because this feels like a comedy that's just not made now. No. Just, just no? No. I, no, no, and end, end sentence. No, because you were saying Indiana Jones and I was like, is uh, the car your pontoon boat? Oh, God. Why do you got to make fun of my car? I know my car's not Because it's the size great. of a boat. It's a big car. But yeah. But here's the thing that I was getting at. So, this movie doesn't feel like a modern comedy right no no so you know i got the, got the question for you why though why is it that this feels so like alien and like just so like comforting at the same time because it feels like oh the comedy all the comedy works here everything is like you know s tier jokes all the acting's funny everything's good like this is pound for pound a great movie yeah. right and all the Pythons said this movie's absolute garbage and they hate it or hated making it. They hated making it because, yeah. I mean, yeah, being in Scotland, you know, where it's raining all the time and being in soaked clothes all day and staying in a hotel where there was like one, I think, bathroom with functioning hot water. Yeah. Yeah, and, I'd know. be pissed. Be, yeah, it's pretty rough. And considering there wasn't that much funding for this movie either, so it was well, kind the of... the funding they did get was insane, Well, right? yeah, from Ringo, Pink Floyd, uh, I'm not sure if another couple of celebrities helped them out. It was a bunch of bands, it was a bunch of rock bands that, like, helped produce this. So, thank you, rock music. You know, you haven't just, you know, corrupted us young kids, you have done, you know, everything that you could for the arts, because if it wasn't for rock music... We wouldn't have Monty Python. Yeah. Young kids. Young kids. Yeah. yeah. We're still young-ish. Mm-hmm. Young adjacent. Yes. So, yeah, but that's the thing. So this movie feels like comfortable. It's a very, like, on-point sense of humor. It's refreshing. It's a very refreshing. Yeah, it's refreshing. It's this weird, funny, surrealist, everything. Everything's a joke. Throw everything at the mm-hmm. wall. Everything sticks. And... It just feels like this kind of comedy just doesn't exist anymore, right? No, because this is, you know, really balls-to-the-wall comedy. It's just, you know, there's a gag every, you know, second of this movie. Yeah. It's not, you know, fine-tuned and tailored like comedies are now, where, you know, we have genres of comedy, where it's just, you know, romantic, action, you know, the list goes on. This just feels like 
it's wild. You feel like you're there in this time frame, even though we jump from, you know, way back in the day with uh, King Arthur to modern day. And with, I, with the cops just rolling in. Yes, and I, I forgot about that part of the movie, and I just absolutely loved it, it's, seeing the two fused together. It's so good. It's so good. They have the historian, and he is just talking like he's in a documentary. And he's like, yes, and King Arthur traveled across this land and rode his horse, and blah, blah, blah. And then a knight just comes in and just beheads his mm. ass, and then his wife comes out from behind the camera, and she's like, no! Mm. And then the cops investigate and eventually arrest King Arthur and his goons. It's good stuff. It's good yeah. stuff. And Not what you expect to see in a period film. I, I feel the period of this movie is nonsense. <laughs> what year does this movie take place in? Nonsense. Yeah. Nonsense. You're not here for accuracy. You're here for a good time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And this is a great time. But, yeah, so it, it, can you even think of any kind of comedies that parallel this, though? Not like now. Like currently. Now? Yeah. Not really. Yeah, because, I, I mean, I talked about this with on um, um, the other podcast and it just comes up, you know, we were thinking about it, and there's a lot of, like, amazing comedies yeah. and amazingly funny movies that just don't, that just, that brand of comedy doesn't just play anymore. I, I love comedy. I think out of all genres of movies, comedy is my favorite. Mm -hmm. I love just being able to sit back and have something that's gonna make me laugh, entertain me. I mean, granted, I love other genres of movies, but... It's nice to, you know, sit there and not, you know, feel depressed after a movie. Yeah, yeah, you're you're not really into the tear-jerking like art house dramas. No, I I don't want to be upset after a movie. It's like I'd rather, you know, laugh and be like, "Okay, what other comedy can I watch next?" Yeah. And that's exactly how I felt with this one. Honestly, after watching it, I'm like, "I got to I kind of want to watch uh, watch another movie." I literally watched Spinal Tap right after this. Mhm. Mm because this movie just got me in the mood to watch more movies. Oh, yeah. And if you want my review of Spinal Tap, you can see it on the other podcast that I do. Plug you can, later. You can listen to it on the other podcast. Yeah. And uh, it'll be a controversial opinion, but don't worry about it. I won't, I won't spoil anything. But yeah. And I, I'm wondering what the source of all like the comedy is. Because I know in, in the Python troop everybody came up with their own jokes and they yeah. all pitched them and like, you know, shot them around and bounced them ideas off each other. And it was it just like, this was the perfect group of people to come together to, to do this. And I once they so. broke up, they, they just couldn't, you can't replicate this anymore. I mean, that applies to so many, you know, groups of people that have made great things. You change, you know, the dynamic just a little bit and it's never the same ever again. Mm, that's true. Kind of like, you know, seeing a shooting star. It's like a once-in-a-lifetime kind of thing. You know, it's there, it's gone. It can't be duplicated. Yeah, that's true, that's true. I mean, I, it's a thing because I know Graham Chapman, he passed away, I think, in like the mid-80s, I think. Did he? I believe I believe so. I, I, I know one of them passed away, one of, the, um, uh, one, one of the main pythons. I believe it was him. I believe he passed away and that... After that, that basically was the nail in the coffin for really the Python group getting back together in full force and doing stuff. Yeah, he I passed away in 89. Yeah. At 48, which is pretty young. Yeah, well, I think it was pancreatic cancer or oh, something geez, like that. that's terrible. Oh, yeah, it, tragedy. But, I mean, he left a great body of work. I mean, oh, all yeah. the Python, because he was one of the original members of, you know, Monty Python. Mm -hmm. He was a huge contributing force. He's King Arthur, for God's sakes. Yeah. And... 
it's kind of interesting because I know like they have done reunion tours mm -hmm. before, and I know Eric Idle's basically he went on to make spam a lot and yes. he's still he still holds the torch of monty python up mm -hmm. and like him and terry gilliam are keeping that monty python dream alive yeah which is i think is why eric idol is my favorite python mm -hmm. right and it's just it's just fascinating because it's it's sad because we'll never see you know like more monty python movies like mm -hmm. this because we don't have all the dynamic anymore so it's sad, but it's also special in a way because we have what we have, and mm -hmm. it's like, you can't take that away. You can go back and rewatch it however many times. It's always going to be funny when you go back to it. It's true. It's true. For for a comedy that's coming up on 40 years old now? It came out in 75. 75? So, oh, God. What, what's that now? It's like 50? It's coming up on 50, right? Because it's 45 years old now? I think so. My math is really bad. I mean, I'm terrible at math, too. Yeah. That's that's why we're podcasters. So. Exactly. So, it's, I think it's like 45 years old. And the jokes still work. Oh, yeah. I, it's not a thing where... Um, it's actually turning 46 this year, so your math is pretty good. I'm, man, I'm good. But, yeah. Because um, it's kind of like the thing with Mel Brooks comedies, right? Oh, yeah. Which Mel, Those Mel are Brooks, timeless. Yeah. Well, the thing is, a lot of them are timeless, like Blazing Saddles, History of the World Part 1. Young Frankenstein. Young Frankenstein. High Anxiety. High Anxiety. Those uh, movies. I was going to say, you already said History of the World Part 1. Yeah, History of the World Part 1. Great movie. But it's weird, because once you get into, like, later stage Mel Brooks, where they stop becoming more genre, you know, satire, mm -hmm. you know, like, kind of films, and they turn into more straight, one-for-one -one parody films, like Dracula Dead and Loving It is yeah. a parody of... Um, Bram Stoker's Dracula, mm -hmm. or Robin Hood Men in Tights is a, you know, parody of Robin Hood Prince of Thieves and yeah. stuff like that. You start to see that plateau and that kind of, like, decline mm -hmm. of the comedy. And I feel like with Monty Python, we never got that. Because they, you know, they I think they broke up when they were still, like, pretty on top of their game, right? Yeah, and I think that's probably the way to do it. So you don't really have... You don't have the burnout. Yeah. It's the, what is it, I think it's called the Marilyn Monroe effect. Marilyn Monroe will always be the most beautiful, like, um, yeah, she will. like starlet because we never saw her get old. We didn't. You know, it, it, it's interesting. It's interesting. It but is. Yeah. But I, I, I revealed my favorite python. What about you, Boo? My favorite python? Yeah. It has to be Eric Idle. Is it? Are we both he, Eric Idle fans? He is so funny. I mean, not just in Monty Python movies, in any work he does. Mm -hmm. He is just hilarious. I mean, I love that in this movie, everyone has multiple parts because... That, yeah. Yeah. Well, it, it comes from their TV skit days, right? Yeah. So it's like, I love that, you know, just about in every frame, Eric Idle's a different character. Yeah. And it's just entertaining. He's always, you know, on the ball with one-liners. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you know, I hadn't seen this movie in a while. So some of the jokes were kind of like, oh yeah, I forgot that was in here or it feels brand new. But, you know, you see him appear and it's like, okay, what is he going to hit me with now? And why is it going to be so funny? Mm -hmm. I mean, even down to when he's a guard and, you know, he's got the flowers on his on his helmet and on his staff. And, you know, okay, you make sure that my son stays in this room and he doesn't leave till I come. Okay, gotcha. Gotcha. Make sure that your son leaves this room and you stay. Got it. Do we stay here with you or do we leave with him? No, my son stays here. And you stay with my son and make sure he doesn't leave. All right, so we stay with your son when he leaves the room. Got it. 
Like, those bits yeah. are great. All the wordplay bits, all that stuff is just mwah, he's beautiful. A, he's a comedy genius. Oh, yeah. And I mean, I love him as a Sir Robin. Oh, you just love the song. I mean, the song was brave Sir Robin who bravely ran away. Stop that. Stop it. <laughs> no, bring out your dead. I know, oh, I know. Yeah. Bring out your dead is the classic, like yes. you know, played out. Oh, everybody makes the parody of, but no, bring out your dead. It's just a, such a great bit. And I mean, I, I'd forgotten that it was there, even though I hadn't. It's it hasn't been too long since I've seen at least the beginning of this movie, mm-hmm. but it's still funny. Oh yeah, you know, especially the part with. The guy trying to throw out, who's it, his father? His father, granddad, or his roommate, and he, someone. And like, he, you know, brings him out, you know, oh, I've got one here. I'm still alive. No, no, you're dead. You know, no, really, I'm okay. I, I'm recovering. No, no, no you're dead gone. Dead by morning, dead mm-hmm. by morning, mm-hmm. I swear. And I'm like, sir, you know, government policy, I can't take a live one. You know, how about if I, you know, slip you some of this, you know, can you take this route? Nope, sorry, can't do it. <laughs> just, you know, humor like that, where it's just, you know, you don't expect... They're, they're picking up the dead like they're picking up trash. Yeah. Well, it's the thing. I think that's the thing because they're, I think they call their brand of comedy like, um, like surrealist comedy. Mm-hmm. And it, I, how I look at it, because, you know, I'm an ignorant American, it's they're the world is ridiculous, but they don't, but they're playing it straight. Yeah. Right. It's kind of like the Leslie Nielsen effect mm-hmm. where the world can be a completely ridiculous as long as the guy takes this ridiculous situation completely seriously it's funny just like riding a horse and having no horse are those coconuts <laughs> it's good i mean it's a great bit you it's know it's such a great bit i it's kind of hard to talk about this movie because i just want to talk about all the bits yeah and i mean this is an important bit to the story because they couldn't afford horses so let's go back to the radio days and use coconuts and you know they stuck with it through the entire movie they always had their horses, I'm, I'm doing air quotes, yes. behind them carrying their, their crap, their flags. I that I think that's my favorite thing. We have Terry Gilliam and his job in the movie is to follow around Graham Chapman mm-hmm. and just bang coconuts. I think I, it's just funny. Because I, I, Terry Gilliam is one of those directors and people now I'm like, oh, this guy is a true auteur. He has a vision. This guy is amazing. Oh, where'd he get his starts? Oh, we followed around this guy banging coconuts. He had one line in this movie. It's only a model. It's good. It's good. Yeah. It's good. And I mean, the last time I saw this movie was, um, well, when we were going to Fullerton. Mm-hmm. And I was taking a history class there. And it was a brand new history professor. And I was kind of like, all right, you know, let's see what she's got. So we were learning about, you know, the olden times in England. And she's like, you know what? I want to kind of show you something. Kind of about the times, but kind of mocking the times, too. And then she played Monty Python. I'm like, dude, like, I hope you get, you know... I hope you get tenure. Yeah, I, I hope you get, like, a full-time job here, because this is an excellent way to get people, or to get students hooked on to history. Because it's just, I mean, it's so funny. I mean, we watched, you know, all the way up to the Tis But a Flesh Wound scene. Jesus Christ, you watched, what, the first act of the movie? Yes, we did. <laughs> Didn't want to leave the class. That's how engrossed all of us were in. And I think that's awesome, right? Yeah. This movie is, you know, again, 46 years old, and it still holds up. And I mean, people that didn't recognize the film when we were watching it in class asked her afterwards. What what, movie's that? What movie is this? Where can I rent it? Where can I stream it? And I thought that was great that, you know, people that are, you know, millennials or Gen Z that haven't seen this before 
you know, 40 years later still showed interest in this film. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like when we were talking about the Marx Brothers. Yeah. Uh, was that last week or was that two weeks ago? I think that was two weeks ago. Yeah. And it's the thing where, yeah, the comedy, you know, for the Marx Brothers is very old fashioned. Mm -hmm. But it's a thing where if a master comedian tells you, a, you know, a joke you've heard a million times, it's still funny. It's and still funny. And they're master comedians. Yeah. You know, it's a thing where, yeah, yeah, you might not, it might not play 100% to a new audience, but there's still gags in there that you're going to laugh at. Yeah, I, you I know. guess a better example is Charlie Chaplin. Definitely. I mean, I, I got started on Chaplin when I was a kid, and it's, you know, I didn't have to understand much, but if he's falling down, I'm going to laugh. If he makes someone else fall down, I'm going to laugh. Mm -hmm. Hit somebody with his cane or hit somebody in the butt with his shoe. It's going to make me laugh. Yeah. With, like with the Marx Brothers, you know. The kids might not understand the jokes, but you have Harpo, you know, with his horn or fighting with people or taking people's clothes. A kid's going to laugh at that. Yeah. So comedy doesn't die. Oh, it's true. It's true. That's the that's the thing. You know, um, Charlie Chaplin will be is one of the most famous people to have ever lived and will probably oh, yeah. maintain that because like, what is it? Charlie Chaplin, like the movies we know him for, those were those all of them came out what close to like. 70 years ago i think more than that yeah like well well many years he, ago he was in it before talkies so yeah like my grandmother is 83 right now or something mm -hmm. like that and like charlie chaplin's career had basically ran its course in mainstream filmmaking before mm -hmm. she was born yeah and that's like and that's fascinating because we still know who charlie chaplin is yes we you do. know the hat the cane the mustache <laughs> granted the mustache has been co-opted by by somebody else, but, you know. Yeah, but that guy's... Brady, he made a movie about that. He did, which is a really great movie, and I can't wait for us to do an episode on that. Oh, I love The Great Dictator. That's... You're welcome. No, no, yeah. <laughs> Thank you for showing it to me. For everyone who doesn't know, Becky is one of the biggest Chap Chaplin fans ever. I am. I absolutely love Charlie Chaplin. And she was like, hey, you should watch this movie. You'll like it. I'm like, I don't know. Like, okay, and I watched it. And now The Great Dictator might be one of my favorite uh, movies of all time. That movie's great. It's so good. Well, you gave me your, your Criterion copy like five years ago, and I still have it. I lent you my Criterion copy yes. five years ago. You let me borrow it five years ago, yes. and I still have it. Yes, it is mine now. I don't think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, you know, Chaplin was amazing. Uh, you know, we're here in L.A., so I've been to Chaplin Studios, which is now Jim Henson Studios. Is it? Mm-hmm. Same studio. Really? Yeah. Yeah, they even have a nod to Charlie Chaplin, you know, at the front of the studio. They have a big Kermit up on one of the pillars, and he's dressed as Chaplin with a little cane. So one of I these days... I was always wondering why that statue was there. Yeah, because that's Charlie Chaplin Studios. Hmm. So one of these days we should, you know, when we're out in Hollywood, we should go stop by the studio. I mean, we were out in Burbank, what is it? This uh, past weekend. Past weekend, and we got to see the, the water tower at Warner Brothers. I mean, how awesome was that? That was pretty cool. Granted, I'm looking for parking, and we was like... Ooh, look, it's the water tower. I'm like, oh, come on. That's way down there. It, that It's not actually at the front gates. No, it's at the front gates. I was waiting for the Animaniacs to pop out. That was cool. No, I was waiting for Bugs Bunny to show up. That's true. Oh. But, yes. Yes. I mean, great movie. Uh, do you have a favorite bit, or is it just kind of... Okay, so the whole movie's a great bit. Yeah. All of it's a great bit. There, There's no dull moment in this movie. No, no, there's a joke every scene. I think, okay, the whole thing where I think, is it Michael Palin who goes in and he attacks the castle? 
And he's like saving the the damsel in distress. No, that that's John Cleese. That's John Cleese. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Because he yeah. plays um, Lancelot. Yes, yes. That whole bit is solid gold from the start to the end. When his um. So to give you clarification of this scene, we have a. What would he be like? A lord or something? Yeah, yeah. He is a he's a lord or a baron of this of this land of the swamp castle. And he's talking to his son, who's this effeminate, like, musical person. Incredibly pale, too, because, I mean, he looks like a ghost. I thought we, that's what we were going for, like, he's the ghost that roams this castle, and it's his son. And I was just like, oh, yes, okay, his son that wants to be a singer, not a landowner or yeah. a husband. And it, it's great, because it's like, there's this wedding thing that's gonna go on, and he's trying to convince him, and the son's like, no, I don't want to marry her. And then he shoots an arrow with a note out of the tall tower also i love how he wrote that note without looking down at the paper oh yeah it's great and then <laughs> and, and lancelot then reason is this long dissertation Ugh. Yeah. of you know my father's forcing me to wed please save me and you know lancelot is you know i'm determined i'm gonna save this poor damsel from marrying you know a monster that she doesn't want to marry he goes in and slaughters just about everybody either working or attending this wedding and everyone's just like hey what Oh, that's weird. What's going on? Why is this guy doing that? Why are we being attacked? No one's, like, like doing anything. No one's defending. Mm -hmm. It's great because he's running up the stairs and he's, like, throwing stuff behind him to stop people chasing. And people are just... No one's chasing him. No one's even... No one's doing anything. No. Oh, God. It, it That whole bit is great. He goes up. He's like, I'm here to save you. And he's like... And the son's like, oh, yay, thank you. My hero. My hero. And he's like, oh, I thought, I thought you were a woman. He's like, I get that a lot. It's so good. The whole bit is great. Oh, that entire section of movie. Like, you can play that on repeat and it will always get a laugh from me. I mean, even when, you know, the, the father's telling the son, you know, all of this will be yours someday. Oh, the curtains? No, the estate. <laughs> what is it at the end where he's like, oh, I need to leave, but I need to make a proper exit. And he swings out over the crowd, but he still holds onto the rope and he just... Doesn't have enough momentum. To keep going, he just kind of is dangling there, and he's yelling, hey, can somebody give me a push? I got, I'll got. go make it to the window. I mean, that's great humor it's right there. It's so good. It's so good. I, I love that whole bit. But what about you? Because, you know, you seem I, to have a have a thing for, for bits in this movie. You know? I do. And I mean, everyone, you know, every bit is great. You know, them dealing with the French, and the French throw, you know, the animals off the roof, or when they... When they bring uh, the huge rabbit, because they're going to Trojan horse their way in, and they forget to climb into the Trojan horse, and they get the Trojan horse thrown back at them. But I think my favorite bit has to be the part with the rabbit. Oh, God. Run away! <laughs> run! Run! No, it's just great. They're trying to get, you know, into the the cave yeah. to, to lead to the, Holy the, the, the bridge, to the, the grail. And he's like, okay, well, you know, what is it guarded by? And it's just this white bunny. And he's like, really, a white rabbit? And they're like, you know, don't underestimate it. And a couple of guys go and, I mean, one... Brutalize. I mean, just seeing the way that they had the rabbit rigged to kind of fly midair is hilarious. Oh. And then it just <laughs> destroys just about everybody. It's so good because it looks like this this epic like 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 close range battle, bloods flying everywhere, swords I mean, being swung, and this rabbit and it's a bunny and it's great. A bunny ripping people's throats out. It's just like it oh beheads my God. a guy at one point. It did. 
it clean off. And the only way to defeat this rabbit is with the, the holy hand grenade. Holy hand grenade. <laughs> okay, so in Fallout New Vegas, I, I'm pretty sure it's New Vegas. They have an item where if you go to Camp Searchlight, FYI, yes, I know this from from memory. You go to Camp Searchlight, and there in the church in the basement, you can find the holy hand grenades. Hmm. And it's awesome. Because, it, because like, I was always wondering, like, where's this reference from? I know this reference is from somewhere. Monty Python. And Monty Python. Fallout New Vegas. Monty Python jokes. Fallout New Vegas is the greatest Fallout game. But, like, face it, people. I've never played it, so I don't know. You should. I love that game. It's awesome. But, I mean, there's so many great bits. I mean, even the beginning of the movie when we have the... The, 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 ori- the original director of these credits has been canned, and he has uh, rightfully changed uh, the credits for the next feature. Thank you very much. Nicole's on to the next one. This guy's also been shit canned. We got some new credits. Also, his sister was attacked by the moose. Beware of moose. And then you just read in the credits, you know, uh, keeper of the moose, woman that brushes the moose's hair, and it just keeps going and going. And it's like, how far are they going to push it? And they push it all the way. Oh, yeah. I also think it's great how the end of the movie, there's no, like, ending credits. It no. just cuts because the camera guy got arrested with the yeah. with the rest of the, you know, King Arthur and and the nice little round table. Uh, it's good. It's a great movie. It's such a good movie. Hasn't aged. It is. Oh, yeah. It's pristine. Looks, yeah. Has aged like a fine wine and probably only gets funnier with age. Oh, definitely. Would highly recommend this. I'm actually like, I've, I've never considered myself a huge Monty Python fan. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've enjoyed the movie. I remember enjoying this movie. It's just, you know, yeah. one of those things where years have kind of, you know, made me forget it. But I'm definitely going to go on Netflix and like watch Monty Python, The Holy Grail, Life of Brian. Um, watch it before Netflix removes them because, you know, they put great movies on there and then. And they're okay. only on for a weekend. Yeah, it's like. Gotta take advantage. I know. I got, I'm probably gonna end up watching The Flying Circus, because I hear that is, like, yeah. like amazing television. That's what I've heard, too. It'd be interesting to, to give it a watch and see how it is. See how all of this started. I mean, no one ever expects the Spanish Inquisition. Nope. No. Alright. Well, yeah, Booth, so do you... <laughs> so, other than that, um, any final thoughts, parting gifts, parting ideas? Great movie, two thumbs up. Definitely two thumbs up. Would recommend 110%. Absolutely. But next week, we have another comedy mastermind to talk about. I think we do, and I think it's your pick. I believe so, and it's also ending our Tribute to Comedy Month. It is. It's also a movie we mentioned earlier in the podcast. It is. Should we give you guys a second to try to pick apart and see which movie it is? Get on with it. Get on with it. Fine, fine, fine. Before the villagers come after me, (laughs) next week to end our month, we are going to be watching a true comedy classic. The one of the good ones. Yes, one of the great ones. High Anxiety by Mel Brooks. Oh, High Anxiety. The send-up to Hitchcockian thrillers. The film that pissed off Hitchcock. Really? Yes. I didn't know that. Yes, it did. Why? Well, we'll talk about it more in our episode next week. Oh, well, I'm excited now. So, tune in next week to watch or listen, because you can watch ahead. So you're, you know, on track with us when we're recording this episode. 
high anxiety. And if you want to follow us on social media, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at the Film Club Podcast. And if you want to listen to us on a different platform than you currently are, we are on Anchor FM, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Google Podcasts, just about anywhere that they play podcasts. Would you like to plug your channel? Oh, I can plug mine. So I do a few other uh, podcasts other than the Film Club. I do the Double Feature Podcast with my buddy David, where we bring two movies together, talk about them, compare them, contrast them, and eh, go on like a little weird, like, pretentious tangent sometimes but it's a great fun you can listen to the double feature podcast anywhere where podcasts are sold namely spotify google podcast basically everywhere we mentioned anywhere there's a stream anywhere there's a stream you'll be able to find it as well as our youtube channel in the frame go there subscribe look at a few of the videos it'll be fun yeah uh, that's about all i got all right then we'll see you next week at the film club all right peace